My name is Emily Hines, and I attend Houston City Council meetings, and I take notes, and then I share them with you. Today's notes are from the council meeting on June 15th, 2022. First up, the mayor's report. School is out, and the mayor talked about the Higher Houston Youth Program, which has hired over 14,000 interns aged 16 to 24. It's a public-private partnership, so only about 450 are employed by the city itself. Texas Children's Hospital has been ranked number two in the nation by U.S. News and World Report. Congratulations to them. FIFA announced that Houston will be one of the hosts for the 2026 World Cup. Everyone thought this was a really big deal. There are many Juneteenth events this weekend. The mayor specifically mentioned a parade in Acres Homes and the festival at Emancipation Park. Mayor Turner wished a happy Father's Day to all who celebrate. Congratulations to Roshunda Jones-Kumba, the drama director at Washington Carver High School, for winning the Excellence in Theater Education Award at the Tonys. Pretty cool. This theater kid loves to see it. There was much discussion about the New York Times article, How Houston Moved 25,000 People from the Streets into Homes of Their Own. So I'm going to talk about it, too. It highlights Houston's housing-first approach to ending chronic homelessness, which it says is both instructive and replicable. Today, Mayor Turner said that this is not mission accomplished, but the numbers are trending in the right direction. He thanked many departments, non-city entities, and people who have all coordinated to row in unison, as the article phrases it. Mayor Turner invited Mark Eichenbaum to speak, who is in charge of the mayor's office for homeless initiatives. Mr. Eichenbaum talked clearly about Houston's housing first strategy and pointed out how special it is when the most compassionate solution to any problem, in this case, housing people, is also the most effective. He praised Houston leadership for not turning homelessness into a political football because no one wins in that situation. He said we must solve the immediate issue first, housing, rather than shuffle people around by displacing them from campsites and citing them with tickets, and worse. When questioned on mental health initiatives by Councilmember Cisneros, Eichenbach pushed back, saying that our housed neighbors have mental issues too, but when they have episodes, they're out of sight because they have homes. He said many homeless people don't begin to have mental health issues until after they become homeless, making the case for housing first and foremost even stronger. Of course, Eichenbaum and the mayor both outlined all of the support services, including mental and behavioral support, that come with the housing, which is what keeps people housed in the long term. The New York Times article highlights how the majority of people housed through these collaborative programs are still housed over two years later, which is huge. Eichenbaum talked about how they are reconnecting with family, entering the workforce, and living more healthful lives. One initiative repeatedly brought up was navigation centers, which temporarily house people and provide support services while they wait for a permanent apartment to open up. Eichenbaum and Mayor Turner both tried not to paint these as shelters, but they are basically shelters. Mayor Turner and Mr. Eichenbaum said the only thing keeping Houston from housing every person on the street today that wants to be housed, which is an important distinction, is the lack of apartments. Both people implored owners of apartment complexes who have open units to come forward and said there are incentives to help seal the deal. They said that providing units not only houses an individual, but also greatly benefits the city. There was lots of love for this article, and I think well-deserved love, but of course there are critiques from the other side, and I just encourage you to look those out, and um, maybe we'll put some in the resources as well. Now we can move on to some agenda items. Agenda item seven, approved spending 80,000 on software that supports the police department's handheld citation devices. 
Agenda item nine approved $48,000 for emergency manhole repair. And yes, that's one manhole. A sewer line eroded, causing the manhole to crack in the joints and misalign, creating a sinkhole at the plant. So not just one manhole, but also a sinkhole, which is wild. Councilmember Knox used this opportunity to encourage the city to update manholes with newer manhole technology whenever possible, which can prevent this sort of thing from happening in the future and help us reconcile with that old friend, the TCEQ consent decree. Agenda item 10 approved an $893,000 contract with Brentwood Community Foundation for a community residence and services for people with AIDS. Agenda item 11 approved giving up to $3.1 million in COVID-19 grant funding to Catholic Charities of the Archdiocese of Galveston-Houston for a rental assistance program for people affected by COVID. Agenda item 21 agreed to spend $4.9 million on the Downtown Employee Transit Program which includes park and ride and van pool sponsorships. The support documents say, quote, by actively promoting shared ride options and reducing the number of cars on the road, the program supports the city's resiliency plan. It does this by reducing vehicle emissions, decreasing congestion, improving air quality levels, reducing wear and tear on the roads, um, reducing parking demands downtown, and it helps employees save money on gas and car maintenance. So big fans. Agenda item 27 set a public hearing date of July 13th for multi-use detention, a.k.a. flood mitigation, in five parks in districts D, F, and K. So mark your calendars. And finally, the council member pop-off. Council member Thomas plugged a public safety town hall with HPD Chief Troy Finner on Wednesday, June 22nd at 6 p.m. It will be in person at the Tracy G. Community Center, and council member Thomas will stream it live on her Facebook page. Councilmember Peck plugged a TCEQ public hearing on a landfill expansion in District A on June 28th at 7. Councilmember Jackson plugged a District B public safety town hall meeting on Thursday, June 15th. She said, quote, we just can't rely on the police, end quote, meaning that the community needs to step up and help them, not that they are particularly unreliable. Councilmember Kamen plugged the Public Safety and Homeland Security Committee meeting on Thursday, June 15th at 2 p.m., and I will be there. Councilmember Pollard complained about carjackings across the city, but particularly in District J. He's frustrated with how long it's taking for the city to approve license plate readers for District J, especially since they are already funded and supported by his office and local management districts. He said the private sector would have already done it. Councilmember Evan Shabazz plugged several Juneteenth events happening in District D, especially the parades and the Emancipation Park Festival. She plugged an expungement workshop on June 25th, and she issued a warning to people popping up without permits at District D parks. She said they will be called out, ticketed, and fined. Fun police over here. Councilmember Cisneros praised Harris County for dedicating ARPA money to affordable child care. She said that investing in early childhood development has the highest return on investment. Councilmember Robinson called the Department of Neighborhoods the Don, which made me laugh. He plugged a The Don info meeting on matching grant programs on June 23rd. He also plugged a specially called Transportation Technology and Infrastructure Committee meeting on Friday at 10 a.m. to go over code stuff. And that was the meeting. Thank you so much to all of our Patreon supporters. We have one new person to thank, Micah, or Mika. I'll say it both ways, just to be safe. Thank you so much. The Patreon is patreon.com slash emilytakesnotes, and if you're able, we really appreciate it. You can find resources for this episode, including where to watch city council meetings and how to find your city council member in the show notes.
This week's episode has music from Joe Wasney. It was recorded and produced by Connor Clifton. That's it for this week. I'm Emily Hines, and I thank you for listening. <laughs>